We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always, uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something, but these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of, uh, discomfort, uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a you know, she's has a high quality of life because of, uh, we take good care of her over here and these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC-free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these, Look at that. Uh, I love, you they can have these enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www. G-A-I-A provides P-R-O-V-I-D-E-S dot com. And and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you wanna you, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So Gaia provides. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento... I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America episode. I have no idea. What episode are we on, Kaplan? Does this count as a numbered episode? No, Two. that's a good point. This is yes. not a numbers episode. This, is, this is the world's smartest podcast network roundtable. If you know, if you're a longtime listener, meaning for more than if, if this is not your first day listening. <laughs> that would be amazing if it was your first episode. You will yeah. know that we missed. We did not do an episode last week, Kaplan. Mm. And first of all, I'm yeah. Turner Sparks. With me is Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram, turnersparks.com. Buy my album, Turner Sparks, live from the Friars Club. Come see me live. Check out my tour dates. They're now up through the fall. I'm going to be gone 
for I'm going to be on the road for 13 weeks straight. Wow. Michael Ira Kaplan. How about that? I'm going all through Texas. I'm going through a little bit North Carolina, Oklahoma with Andrew Heaton. I'm doing a show in Do Old Do you have Oakie. a tour bus for this? Is that how it works? Planes, trains, and automobiles a- is the <laughs> way know, we're going. It's not like a rock band where you get the Those whole aren't bus. pillows, Kaplan. <laughs> and then Oregon. I'm going California and a week in Las Vegas. You're going to be there hanging out. I'm performing with Tom Rhodes. Kaplan, you can find Kaplan at Cap in America across all social media channels. He'll be on tour. What's your tour schedule like? Family vacations. Where are we, we going? We are this? going to, yeah, the Kaplans are going to Rockport, Massachusetts later in about a Show five, up six in weeks. Rockport, Massachusetts. I, I have a situation where we have a VRBO. You know, we rented a house. Yes. And you can rent these houses and then you can, they can cancel. You have a time to cancel yeah. before you get your money back. But the guy is so nice. He just keeps emailing me with ideas of things to do. He's the nicest host ever that I feel... I said to Randy, like, we can't, I would feel terrible canceling at this point. I, I, I would break his heart. So we're definitely going. Rockport, yeah. Massachusetts, it is. Rockport, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, we'll That's do a tour interesting... of that. And we'll drive around Connecticut on the way home. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll do some comedy. And maybe if I see a club and the car breaks down and the kids are annoying me and I, they're just making noise, I'll just walk off into a comedy club and <laughs> you'll do a go, set. And you'll step in and you go, you know who I am. <laughs> you just, I'll just walk in right on, on stage. Give me a mic. I'll just start ranting. <laughs> they'll, they'll kick you like Amy Schumer when she kicked off my friend Brandon Sagalow. And she she walked into Caroline's Comedy Club just, in the middle of a comedy show and said, I'm going on now. Well, that's, and the that's, headliner, that's, Brandon Sagalow, was a mit, was he was five minutes into his first ever hour in New York City and she kicked him off. That's so rude. She, she could do her time. <laughs> Yeah. And then she brought him back up at the end. So well, if you're doing your now or I won't kick you off. That's my pledge to comedians in the North. No, East. that's how you know you've made it, Kaplan. <laughs> you got well, I haven't made it. So <laughs> Kaplan, before we get to this episode, pay, if you want to support us, which I know everyone does, we're getting new supporters all the time, but we need more. We're not. In, we're trying to get to the hundreds of thousands of dollars a month is our Goal. And right now, I believe we're at $342 a month. Does that count as hundreds? At least three, when you're th- plus 300. We're That's hundreds. hundreds of dollars. We're doing hundreds of dollars a month. All right. Yeah. I could say that to people, but I'd like at least, yeah. Like, That's what you tell the, the door guy in Rockport, Massachusetts, when you're <laughs> yes. trying to get on the comedy club. Yeah. On my Patreon show does hundreds of dollars a month. Hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and, we, and we have merch. So These people would be so lucky as to yeah. see me perform my Before Rockport. I'll look it up, see if they have a comedy club. <laughs> But the way you can support us, Cap, patreon.com slash lost in America. We do three extra episodes, sometimes two, two to three extra episodes Mm, a week of just you and me doing a 30 minute, half hour, full throttle comedy podcast about our lives. Kaplan, I almost got into a fist fight with an audience member on Saturday night while I was on stage at the New York Comedy Club. But if you want to hear the full story, you're going to have to go to patreon.com slash lost in America. That's a teaser, folks. That's how we tease those things. Do not give away any more details. Full fist fight. I'm already upset. I've given away too much humor to this free audience with the Rockport story. That should have been on the bunker. (laughs) You're right. Can we delete that? Go back and delete that part. (laughs) Producer Matt, delete that. But uh, yeah, so that's what we that's what we do on the rock on the Patreon show. We go right at it. We give and you the right, whole. We're life. at three hundred and forty something dollars a month. When we hit four hundred dollars a month, we are hosting a yearly party at the Friars Club for all of our Patreon subscribers. We have Sugar Brady, one of our subscribers. He's already picked a date. Oh, he's picked a date. He is said, Dennis- "I will be in." New- I don't. I don't think. I don't know what the date is, but he said, "I'll be in New York this date." So we need to make it that date. We and I said, to- "Okay, fine." What if Dennis Owens can't make it that day? 
Well, we need to get yeah, we need to clear it with we Drew Freilich with the whole Politburo of Patreons, <laughs> the early ones. You get to choose it. That's how much we love you. If you do ten dollars a month, we let you pick the date. And and, uh, and the Friars Club is a great. I was there this week. We'll talk about that on the on the bunker show as well. But uh, I was there with you last week, and it looks fantastic. It's a great space to throw a party. Let me tell go you. Go get a sweat on. Just go use the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's part. Do we let the patrons? Are you going to be able to get them into the gym? Is that part know. of the deal? Just <laughs> squeeze in they Dennis can do a Owens. schwitz with us. <laughs> you get to choose <laughs> which one of us crew. you got to do a schwitz with. <laughs> that's, 20, that's an extra level. That's, that's $15 a month. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get uh, Bill Dodson in there. To all, all the Patreon subscribers can get in there. So, Kaplan, we were, yes, we did not do an episode last week. You know, every once in a while on these shows, you take a big swing. Yeah. Right. And you say, one. hey, Israel. And what do we even call the other side? I'm trying not to say the wrong word without you canceling me. So do, is it called <laughs> Palestine? Well, it, you it told is me that's Palestine. not a place. You say Israel. You it's saying not a, an official nation. I said. You said Israel wiped it off the map. I did point. not say that. Do not get me in trouble. <laughs> you told me off air. Jeez. <laughs> no, the Palestinians, Israel. It's a very complicated. Hamas. There's the Gaza. There's a lot of different elements. It was. I had to. I spent a lot of time explaining to you the nuts and bolts of this last week for no reason. I and, studied for three days. I yes. spent learning all. Oh my gosh! I learned about the Gaza Strip. I had you reading the book Exodus. You were. You watched the movie. You didn't understand why Paul knew was playing an Israeli. I read really, the Torah to try to figure <laughs> this Tara. out. You read the Koran. You were, you were going to get both sides of this I equation. I booked a trip to the, what's the sea? The Caspian Sea, or whatever that one is right there. The Caspian Sea? I guess you didn't do enough. But. The Dead Sea. The, <laughs> the Red Dead sea. sea, yes. There you go. You were, you're going to float. So yeah, we and we... we I we, signed we, up for Birthright. Are you signed up? You just any to Jewish try rights? to, just to, and, you know, like how a good actor... You when, go undercover. When Matt yeah. Damon wants to play a poker player. He goes and lives the life for a while. I was yeah, going to live the life. My old boss was a ta- taxi ca- driver once for the movie Taxi Driver. So you were doing, you were doing it. You were going to study. You were going to become a rabbinical scholar in Jerusalem. You I was about to convert. <laughs> you were growing because pace. I wanted to learn everything I could about. I was going to convert to to um. You know, I was going to become a Muslim. By the you were, way, oh, you are going to become Muslim, but you were yeah. going to become a Muslim, and you were going to go undercover. You were going to do everything. You were going to I was going to do it all. <laughs> I don't so know which I agency. Totally you were going to be a double agent where you're working undercover for both. We had a guest. We will not say his name on air, but he was. We a, don't dox around here. I don't even think we should say the specific. It was, it was someone who lives in Israel who has a very specific story. If right. we say any more than that, you can. It wasn't going to be a Homerish because I'm a big Zionist. You could say it uh, storyline. It wasn't going to be that, but it wasn't going to be like a arguing between Israel. We're going to rehash all the same old stuff. We had an interesting angle. We had a whole we new angle on this. We were not, yeah. yeah, we weren't going to be like, let's get a Palestinian on, which I know, you know, Kaplan, I'm just going to say it. There are Palestinians. <laughs> I, I can agree. There are Palestinians. Let's not, get a Palestinian on. Let's get a, let's get a Jewish person from Israel on. And then let's have them. That was not the plan. No crossfire action. Yeah. We had and it whole... was also no, cause we thought if you only get a, as Israeli on, well, that's one side of the story. And then if you only get a Palestinian, well, that's the other side. But there's we we figured out a way to get somewhere in the middle. We thought and at the last second, our guest told us they got in a car accident. Like literally we were on air. We were, had all our notes. We were in the Zoom room. We were ready to roll. We, he didn't, a I, couple we had to of, come back from birthright. I yeah, a, co- a couple of times this happened where we've had guests not show. But this time, yeah, you got a message about a half hour or no, about an hour after, after we were, our after our scheduled recording time. Yeah, he got a message saying he had been in a car accident. He was in the emergency room, at which point we just decided what well, we can't. I mean, we can't book a replacement guest. We can't ask him when are you going to be free. Yeah, we sort of had to just 
Um, I mean, it was. I was praying out. to Allah. It was, I was everything. I mean, you posted on Facebook. People were saying your prayers, thoughts, Definitely. and prayers. People were sending. To then we New found day. out it was a lie. We think it was a lie. We should say stipulate. We don't know for sure it was a lie because we've yeah. not heard anything. Yeah, but we don't know the, if it was a lie, but he did. Seen a lot us. of social media posts suggesting there was no car accident. He said he was in that. a car. He said he was in a car accident, and then f- about five six hours later, he was at the gym doing pull ups. Which made me feel better about the situation in Israel that you can the gyms were fun, were working they weren't shut down so I felt like things were a little safer yeah. than we thought and, he was, and he, also he was driving around in his car and so we thought well the car's in good shape or well, they gave him a nice loaner they have good ins- car insurance there I don't know maybe and maybe he said he was in the emergency room and that's why he couldn't do it but you know maybe it was just Mental maybe it was precautionary emergency room. emergency room. Maybe it was a uh, translation error. Maybe emergency room means something totally different in this culture. It means... Maybe that's the name of the dance club in town. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe it just means I, you know, because I told uh, the kids when I picked them from school that day that this what had happened and they were very worried. They had thoughts and prayers. Yeah. And a week later, you know, Ruby just asked me uh, right before we came to air. She said, is, is he OK? I said, who's OK? The guy who was in the car accident. And I told her we don't think he's in a car accident. And what did she say? She said, oh, maybe he made it up because he found out your podcast was boring. (laughs) Well, that could be. Maybe that's what happened. We don't know. It's not for everybody. We read the YouTube comments. Not everyone (laughs) likes us. So, so yeah, we don't know what happened, but we did a lot of, and then we just sort of were in limbo for a week waiting. But the good news is we got the World's Smartest Podcast Network together. We got the whole gang. We got Andrew Heaton. We got uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. And Kaplan, I, so we're doing this, and then we'll be back. This is a bonus episode. I mean, it's not a bonus. It's just trying to be a makeup. It's a makeup episode. We we got the brains together. It's been too. And long. And then we'll also do. We have a Lost in America episode. We're back on. We're back on the sa- back in the saddle this week. Yes, this week. We're hopefully hopefully soon. <laughs> no, we will be soon. We're back in our. Regular I know. I schedule. just I've lost my confidence. I, I had such confidence in these comedians around the world, but just appear on our Zoom screens when they say they were. So now until I see one again, then I'll be back off my confidence. There's car accidents happening around the world. All around the world. That's one thing that unites us all. We all lie about car accidents. So anyway, Kat, that's it. Everybody, we're going to get a word from your local sponsor, and then we'll go straight to the show. Cap, what should we do? We should play the music. Play the music. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to reconvene the world's smartest podcast network right here, right now. It's good to see everybody. Hello. Hello, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. How are you? I am fine, Dr. Andrew Heaton. Uh, what's new with you? Uh, well, I became a doctor, as is, yes. as is noted by that, that wonderful greeting you got. I'm glad you got the certificate that I mailed you, as I said I did to get all it. of my friends. You did a great uh, job putting it together yourself. Thank you. I, I really hope I like someday I become famous enough to get an honorary doctorate because I would lord that over people. I would 100 sure percent. I think adding the word honorary if I is become even an more adjunct professor for, for a day. <laughs> I'll just say I'm the honorable doctor. He, I, uh, or the yes. white honorable doctor. He looks like a doctor, doesn't he? I mean, you could pull it off. Well, I was going to yeah. say, I, I think very the doctor-like. elbow patches alone on your yeah. jacket qualify you uh-huh. for a doctor. That's the other thing. Is So I, I was soft offered a uh, an adjunct professorship uh, about this time last year <laughs> if I, if I moved to New England. Soft What does that even mean? Yeah, they, it mean, I that means really that, sketched out by that. A, 
a, a certain uh, uh like 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 a a school was like hey we, we would hire you as an adjunct professor if you want to move to new england but there wasn't like a contract or anything they were just like this is a handshake agreement if you want to come do it and i was like i don't i don't have plans to be in new england but if i ever do that for like a day i will go by professor heaton for the rest of my life if i'm an adjunct professor for one single class i am professor heaton forever i can probably arrange that for you if you the next time you're in new york uh, great, Andrea. Let's make that happen. I would yeah. love that to happen. Yeah, uh, you might need to talk about data science, but we'll figure out the details. Yeah, well, I can, what's I can fake you it gonna... for a class. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, what were you? Uh, talk, okay. What were you going to be a professor on? I just dying to know. Uh, well, it was going to be a uh, uh, comedy, like humor, like oh, like, like okay. humor writing and humor studies was the thing that they were going to have me do. Uh, and uh, I, I suppose I am technically credible in that. Um, so that might be the case. I don't know. It makes more sense than if I were doing like. I don't know, engineering, like bridge building. I don't have any knowledge of that. You're uh, a by the way, hello, my, my, Yeah, I, I will say being a yeah. professor of humor is maybe yeah. the least funny sounding person. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great if you had a business card that said professor of humor. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, so, so then before I lose track of this, uh, hello, Mike Kaplan. Hi. Yes. Call me Dr. Kaplan. My, my, Dr. my Kaplan, mom would be so proud. You. Yes. Good, good, <laughs> good to, to see you. you. And, and not, not last but not least, uh, excuse me, last but not least, Turner Sparks. Hello, Turner. Yeah, I go by Coach Sparks. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> coach. Much like you, I've, if I've coached one thing in my life, for the rest of my life, uh, I want to be known as Coach. I, I think that's phenomenal. I like it. Uh, well, Coach, what, what is, we're, we're all going to convene here with a story today. What is your story for today, Coach? First of all, everybody, listen to the Lost in America podcast. We're on iTunes. And uh, or wherever you, or watch us on YouTube. Yeah, that's me and Kaplan talking, talking to comedians around the world about the global news events happening in their country. We had a comedian we were supposed to get on this week. We'll get into mm. it later. I think I can yeah. work it into one of these news stories. But anyway, let's get to uh, uh, I, a very interesting story that I just saw. It came across the wire. Came across uh-huh. the wire. You got a wire. From the official yeah. WSPN news desk. Uh, <laughs> down there in the basement. Like the we need that sound yeah. effect, yeah. Divorces in China this year have gone down by 70% in the first quarter of 2021 over the fourth quarter of 2020. And the way that has happened, 70%, 72% decrease, actually. And the way that's happened is they've instituted a mandatory 30-day cooling-off period. So if you want to get divorced, you go down to City Hall or whatever, and then you say, hey, we hate each other. And then they go, listen, uh, think about it. Just, th- you know, sleep on it for 30 days. If you still hate each other, come back. And 72% of people are not coming back to finalize the divorce. This is disturbing to me because I bought a lot of stock in Chinese divorce about a year ago. And so oh, this is this has really declined my portfolio. You're investing in okay. divorce lawyer corporations? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. new coin. Divorce coin. Okay, so can, can I ask? Can I ask a follow up question to this? Any like, question? I've I've studied this extensively, so ask me any question. Right. All right, here you we go. China has done a lot of social tinkering with how people reproduce and how they mm. marry. Uh, it's my understanding that like the ratio of men to women is incredibly high towards men because there was like a thirty year period where you could only have one baby. And the Chinese were like, well, if we got to pick one, let's go with a male. So, like, I, like, it seems to me they've made a mess of their demographics and are just cruising towards a demographic disaster. It, but they're still like, but we should still tinker with this. We should still try and, and, and like, control how, how marriage operates and push people towards marriage. They, this is still a good idea to them. 
Yeah, Heaton, thanks for asking, first of all. Great question. <laughs> well, Turner is Love an expert. the question. Yeah. Turner's speaking on behalf of China. Explain yeah. yourself. I mean, you, are the, you are our expert here. Ambassador yeah, and coach, I'm glad you say. asked because the, the first thing I want to say is you kind of blazed right through that, no pun, uh, to your former job. But um, <laughs> it's there's not, this idea that there's no women left in China is just bizarre to me. And people who haven't been there think this. They think that, oh, they only, for 30 years, they only had boys and they threw the girls in the river. <laughs> I'm married. I'm proof that the, I'm married he to a Chinese woman. You married a girl. A woman. Yeah. yeah, she was born in 1985. <laughs> she was the one they didn't throw in the river. Okay, so I want to stop that right there because that somehow has become this American phenomenon news story. I've had like boomers at cocktail parties ask me like, oh, what do you do when I was living there? They're like, there's no women. Who do you date? What? How does that even work? Literally, somehow the New York Times. Speaking on behalf on of, of of boomers at cocktail parties, I didn't say there's no women. I said that the ratio is off. Play it, the am tape. I right in thinking? And he made yeah. the ratio worse. He married one and took her out of the country. So that, yeah, exactly. It, but but like re- regardless of the gender thing, though, what wasn't there a one child per family policy for years and years, which has created this demographic time bomb? Like regardless of gender. Yeah, like, but guess what else not they have over people? there? They have humans with souls, <laughs> and most of them don't mind having a girl. They think it's okay to have a female. I don't. It's so that, been in our news and a lot it was of a like sixty the, minutes piece. We all saw the same sixty minutes piece. About or is a New York in Times article? It was no, the same like New York a classroom article. of all boys, and they were like, yeah, every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I'm sure if you looked up the statistics, yes, I'm sure the statistics don't back me up. But never mind that. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what we do here. No, I yeah. think it's like a fifty-five, forty-five, or something. I, I don't know. Okay, uh, right. It's not my job. Okay. But, but, um, but, but, but the one child per family thing, though, that was real. And, and yes. the oh, resulting demographic from, problems of not enough young people and too many old people, that is still a that's thing, That's the real one. That, that one's, that, that's the one that's... Um, so, so I think what happened with the, with the male-female By the way, I, I apologize for besmirching the evil totalitarian communist regime of China, uh, if, if yeah, I got that bit wrong. Don't Should apologize I play for the that. China national anthem now, or do you want to play it later? <laughs> we'll play it on our, on our version of the show, don't worry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's plenty of legitimate things to to go after them about let's stick to those that I, okay. I think it was a countryside big city thing so i think i we lived in cities i lived in a big city when i was there you don't see it in the cities right but it's mm. you need people to work on the farm that probably was the case what do i know so yeah i saw dozens of women in shanghai when i was dozens dozens, dozens. <laughs> of a uh, of one but the uh <laughs> the, the the one child thing is true it started in 1980 and it it, it lasted about 30 years and now it's two child policy but that did create and what happened was the country went to a two-child policy, right? Uh, about five, six, seven years ago. And the government thought like, How oh, delightfully like- tolerant and liberal of them. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, the government just thought like, okay, everyone now will have two kids because they're allowed to. Turns out people have the amount of kids as the family they grew up in. That's normal to people. Right. So hmm. if you grow up as an only child, a lot of people now are only, they're all like, you were born in 1983, 1980, 1990, and you're having kids now. And people are like, well, it was, I was an only child. It was fine. I'm only going to have one. And so now they're trying to get people. So they have this problem where people are having, everyone's still having one kid. And they're like, I that also, wasn't the plan. I also, to be 100% anecdotal, but continue the theme of A, ignoring statistics and B, hating on the New York Times. Around the time, I think, Turner, you and I were still in Shanghai when the two-child policy was rolled out. And yeah. my understanding of Western media coverage of this was like, a triumph, we're becoming more liberal, Mm. China's taking a step towards, you know, inclusive, whatever, right? And in China, literally, my one person and her mother, a friend and her mother, were both like, oh, this is bad. 
because it was actually really good for women's advancement in China to only have one child because your life was no longer about just carrying on the family. You'd have the one and that was all you could do. So you could go back to have a job and your in-laws wouldn't be mad at you. And they were like, this is actually a step back for women's equality in China. I don't know Not if that's true. Not only that, but Heaton, you've been, agreed, 100% agree. And Andrea lived there. I live there. Heaton's been there. There's too many people. Cap doesn't know anything. I don't know. I mean, that's... Well, I, I mean, so I, I got to this... give, give a great big hand to the communist government for eliminating that problem over the last 50 years. Chairman Mao was great at getting rid of so many yes. people. Can you so, imagine if he hadn't? You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, yeah. Heaton. It is yeah. packed. I mean, I remember being like seeing the news about the two-child policy and then taking the number two train in Shanghai and being like, this was a huge mistake. So... That's one my was hot enough. Take. Well, is yeah. this goal of this new divorce policy to have less children than or more children? Because more children, like, they want the, more. Because I don't think this is the way to do it. Miserably married people being forced to stay together are not gonna <laughs> are more less likely to have this the sex. It's necessary. the slutty unwed mothers we want. <laughs> it's the rebound relationship. I think you gotta go for the second. <laughs> you want the second child, the second wife, the younger. The, mm. I don't know. Unless you're unless you're saying the rebound, they're gonna make a baby and then they're gonna stay together because now they have two kids. Because that is that is a good point. When you have two children, you stay together more likely than one, right? Is that the? Is that why you had two? <laughs> That's why, <laughs> pretty much. Because <laughs> no. so, when you have one, it's like you can just get off and you know you have you have a life. When you have two, your life's over. So the Chinese are learning that now. <laughs> so I haven't been divorced yet, yes. uh, and I don't know quite what it's like. But um, I I I've heard I, I don't know how long do divorces usually take I assume or to file I guess I guess you like normally you just file and then you sort it out with a with an attorney and then you get it finalized and the marriage license is revoked or something right like it, it is the, sort of the cooling period is like before you can start this process. Well, I that was what, what's mind boggling to me when I read this story is that they I guess previously you could just get divorced and then go on with your day. Well, like, oh, I have three errands. Forever. I got to go to the bank. I got to get divorced. <laughs> and then I got to pick up the kids. What would the rate be in America if we could do that here? If it, if it didn't take five years to get divorced and th- yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because wealthy people spend years of, their, you know, dividing up assets. And, right. You know, it, they have lawyers and they fight back and forth. I mean, we're going to hear about the China, Gates thing for a decade. Yeah. What do they do in China? Do they have, they don't do that, Turner. They just like, everyone gets 50-50 in a divorce? Or do you, it's 50-50. You know, I know the whole country's yeah. 50-50. Wait, really? Um, just all the time? Every divorce? Yeah, so I think that makes them simple because you just, hey, it's 50-50 yeah, split. No, all right, for everybody, sure. Like, there's nothing to negotiate. Like, prenups over there. But is it? Yeah. Is, I, I don't know like if the, you can have prenups. You might be able to. I'm not sure. Maybe the prenup is, just says we'll do what the law says. That's the prenup. Well, it's not very kind. I think that every, so every Chinese contract <laughs> uh, pretty much has that built into it. Um, but it, but is, in the U.S., like, there so, are different rules in different parts of the country. It's a state-level thing. Right. So I would imagine yeah, yeah. that maybe, I'm guessing, that in New York it's easier to get divorced than some super conservative. But this well, is me yeah. being a No, no, no. Again, I think so you're I way know. off base here. I mean, I, I remember my uncle yeah. got divorced in New Mexico, and it was, it was literally 30 minutes. Nice. He was in and out. And in California, I know it's like it's years and years and years. We have better lawyers that. in California and New York. No, that's <laughs> well, right. It depends so on over. if you're friends with the judge, too. Sometimes yeah. you can just oh. go down and be like, hey, Charlie, let's get this done with so we can go go watch Monday Night Football. <laughs> I think that this is pr- appropriate for the World's Smartest Podcast Network. I'm going to quote or cite Mad Men as my source. Didn't okay. Betty Draper have to take a train somewhere to get divorced mm. from that was, John Hamm? That was in the 60s, though. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the reasons that Reno, Nevada <laughs> is... That's about is, where is the little, China's politics One of the reasons that Reno, Nevada is famous. <laughs> no, because yeah. they used... They used uh, to that was um, a thing for a while, because... 
Yeah, you, it used to be in most states that it was very difficult to get a divorce because divorces were considered sinful and we thought that the government should be involved in that. And so uh, Nevada, which was the state for gambling and prostitution, also made it very easy to get divorces. So in order to get a divorce, you would go to Nevada, I think, for a period of 30 to 60 days, uh, at which point you would be a legal resident of the state of Nevada where you could then file for divorce. So like uh, you would just that summer, you'd go work as a waiter or a waitress in Nevada and get a divorce and then go back to whatever state you were from. Is it bad that I want to do that even though I'm not married? That just sounds like a fun summer to me. I think really? I think you should build that like when you get married if like have that as a clause if and yeah. when it ever results in divorce you both agree to move to Nevada and become you'll waiters do that as your cool off period. MGM or whatever. So I have a question. We we've gotten mired in the legal side of things which is very interesting. But Turner, do you think this means that most divorces actually shouldn't be happening? Like what's going on in these 30 days that's changing people's minds? I'm well, I was surprised by that because I thought if you hated someone you hated them. <laughs> Or were yeah. there more impulse divorces in China? A lot of than... flowers, Kevin. Well, <laughs> yeah. it should be noted that they've, there's already been one case of a husband murdering his wife during the cooling off period. It's one way to lower mm. divorce rates. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. So we point yeah, that, that doesn't count as a divorce. That's just a murder. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't strike yeah. but against that's, their divorce You're rates. right. That's what brings up the point. Like when you have to, in southern states, where you have to wait to get an abortion, I think. Isn't that a thing where like younger people have to wait a certain amount of days or. Yeah. Or for a gun in more liberal yeah, like states, you have to wait guns, to get yeah. a gun. All those things are trying to discourage it, but discouraging abortions might not be a good. Th- I mean, discouraging divorces in some cases is not a good thing. So yeah, the other right. thing, like so the government, so the argument obviously against this is domestic violence. That's yeah. the big argument seems, against seems the third. Like, like within those thirty days, you can continue beating your wife or your husband, or your they or whatever you know. But you um, can not live with your husband or wife or whoever, right? You could just be like, all right. Not that I'm saying it's easy. Why do the abuse victims not leave? But it's not that it's not the legal divorce that's keeping you there, right? There are a lot of reasons that you would not be able to leave. Does this make sense? Yeah, it's like it's, okay. I'm going to say legally married yeah, to this there's person, societal, but societal, there's shame, and but maybe they have to give it a chance. Like the Chinese law is like you have to give an honest attempt for 30 days while you're cooling off. To make like it you work. have to cohabitate, or you have to, it's, I, like, Kevin, it's like a reality wait, show. You can't just say maybe and then present it as a fact. Ah, yes, I can. That's what a blowhard does. You theorize. I, I'm. Can I? Can I go on my tirade? I'm trying so hard yes. not to oh go boy, on a tirade, but it's been it's been bubbling up at me. I don't think that. I I think that there should be, uh, like religious marriage that you handle with your church or your synagogue or like your your the person you find at a Star Trek convention with like a, a really cool costume, and that is completely a hundred percent symbolic and has absolutely no legal uh, course whatsoever. And the legal side of it should just be contracts. So, like, if I wanna if I wanna cohabitate with six people who I am or am not having sex with, great. If I wanna I wanna cohabitate with a woman, great. And then the marriage bit, we can work that out on our own. Uh, and in terms of what that means, the emotional side of it, the cultural side of it, that doesn't need to have the state involved. The state should just be about stuff and about protecting people. So, I find all of this abhorrent. I'm just like, get out of the. I think they should quit trying to tinker and design the perfect family and just back away. Well, this he, is the least me, surprising tirade you've ever been on, Heaton. Let me present <laughs> one is, more <laughs> fact, because you might like this. There are okay. two provinces in China, um, Hubei province and, uh, oh, no, sorry, Hunan province and, and Guizhou province, who've decided fe- uh, May 20th is Chinese Valentine's Day. 
in China. Hmm. Yes. The, they're Valentine's Day. Even though, don't get me started, a lot of people also celebrate Ameri- uh, whatever, Western they have multiple Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Days, right? Multiple. Every third and day. And Singles Day, day and all that yeah. crap. Yeah. But May 20th is uh, Chinese Valentine's Day. So into this law in Hunan province, Guizhou province, they've also decided no matter what, no one can get divorced on a May 20th. <laughs> At any point throughout the year. <laughs> they say because it sounds like I love you in Mandarin, right? That's it. The, the it's because May it 20- sounds like I love you. It would be unromantic to get divorced. So if you're going to kill your spouse. Arsh or how? How does that sound like I love you? Arsh or how? I don't know. <laughs> Just go with it. says in the article. Who, who why, better knows why, how to protect romance why, than, than regional communist party members? <laughs> Wu Yue Arshahao and Wu Aini, they don't sound anything alike. I don't no. know how they came up with that. But anyway, <laughs> never mind that. That's just the rules. So you can't get divorced. So I don't know. It's a whole mess over there. I think the point being that they want, they're we're worried about, it all comes back to this idea that everyone in the, like half the country is 65 years old and over. And there's right. about 11 people who have to support all those people financially through social security. And they're trying to create more people. I don't know. I, I think human beings are super horny. You don't have to work that hard to get them to reproduce. I think you just back away and let them bang who they want. And I, I think it'll eventually sort itself out. I guess, maybe, I guess you, maybe we're turning into pandas. Heaton don't for pandas president. famously not do that? Yeah. Heaton, yeah. Dr. Heaton, the polygamist who doesn't believe in marriage. Yeah, you, like, if, like, like, you know, there have been other programs that have been tried um, in, in Europe and the United States, both where, where basically rather than um, just in terms of levers and pulleys and things to try and get a bigger population, what you do is you provide, you know, free, uh, uh, free, uh, health services for kids or you or like, uh, like you, you make lower house rates and things like that. So there are things you can do to incentivize it. Beers uh, at bars, but- just like the vaccines that I guess Turner's been doing. Don't get me started. Let's uh, let's so, move on. I, we're, we're we're running a little long on this one, so let's go on to another right. story. Who wants to ruin next? Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Hold on. I have to like disengage all of my rage uh, <laughs> at, at, at uh, whatever I hear about uh, uh, communism. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to put that aside. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to to my my story for today, which is in Vermont, uh, where it turns communism. out that the most popular governor in America is a Republican in Vermont which is the most blue state in the country. And I thought this was a fascinating development. I looked into the statistics. Uh, Biden won by the greatest margin in the state of Vermont in 2021 by 35%. Huge amount, huge amount. Uh, uh, Phil Scott, the Republican governor of Vermont, won by 40%. So the Republican actually did better than the Democratic candidate in the state that sends Bernie Sanders uh, to the Senate uh, every every four years, or excuse me, every six years. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And I think part of it, why, how this has happened, I think, is that there is both a, um, a more likely purpling effect with statewide offices than there are with, uh, with congressmen. Uh, and congresswomen, because when you've got a district, it can be gerrymandered, it can be, it can be specific to suburbs, rural, or whatever. When you've got an entire state, everybody in it's going to participate, which means that you're more likely to have a purpling effect. I think the other thing, too, is I think you're going to see this more likely in smaller states because you can actually get to know each other. Uh, I mean, Vermont has like 15 people in it. Uh, like, like their goal is to get up to 700,000 people within 10 years. That's their, they're like 650,000 right now, but they maybe maybe they can make that up to 700,000. So Why is I, everyone I, trying to get more people? Don't we have too many? It's the same. China, <laughs> Vermont. Anyway. All right. Yeah, Vermont. Well, and, and who is it? Like Matt, Matt Taibbi, I think, or, or maybe it was Matt Iglesias wrote a book called A Billion 
million Americans where Matt the goal Matt is to get a, a yeah. Matt, Matt Iglesias. Thank you. Yeah. So wouldn't gross. come on the show, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he wrote a book on that probably for the best. I just would have ranted about it. Um, I thought that was interesting and it made me warm and cozy reading about uh, Phil Scott because I, 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 uh, I also uh, frequently bemoan where the Republican party is gone. And I kind of like his style of country club, like yay, gay, but let's have lower taxes, conservative Republicans and hope he, <laughs> country club. you just like gay. country clubs. I like, yeah, I like, oh uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can I ask We're, a question? Turner, yeah. What is a purpling effect? Oh, thank you, Turner. I was like, that's the grossest word what I've ever heard. What does that mean? I've it never heard that before. You're talking over my head, Heaton, Dr. Heaton. Uh, well, see, uh, it's complicated because I just made that word up. Uh, so I don't <laughs> know that it's actually a political term. Uh, uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy can... It, okay, so I made that up. <laughs> purpling effect, which I just coined, is when... This is why uh, you're the a, best. A, a candidate has more of a, a center of balance between the two parties, or, or rather the, the district itself will, will go both Republican and Democrat. So like, like Phil Scott is not a, a Trumpian conservative, nor is he a populist conservative. He is a Moderate, uh, socially yeah. tolerant conservative, right? Um, but he's very popular with both parties, as opposed to what we see in a lot of other things where uh, the, the level of um, legislators at the state level and with Congress, uh, congressmen, there tends to be an exacerbatory effect of whatever partisan stripe they are, where Republicans become even more Republican and Democrats become even more Democrat. So Whereas is the purpling the person office. becomes purple or the state itself becomes purple? Because oh, I, I was think thinking about Vermont the color purple. It's purple, yeah. <laughs> yes, the Whoa! color, like red, red and blue mixing together. If I, you've ever painted with e- e- either or, I, I think that I think that, that I think Phil Scott has been pulled to the left because he's operating in a state that is uh, predominantly Democrat and has a Democratic legislature. I don't believe he's ever served in a majority government as a Republican, and that probably does tug him a little bit towards the Democratic agenda. I would imagine. Um, particularly if he's just going to survive in general. If he was maybe in his heart of hearts, he wants to be far more conservative than he is, but he wouldn't be able to pull it off. And so he's able to move that Overton window. But I, I think overall, though, uh, the the effect that I see is more on the state level of having a state which is predominantly one thing, being able to elect somebody from another party. Um, we, we have this in, I guess, Maryland and Massachusetts with their Republican governors. We used to have it in red states that would have Democratic governors, although I don't think it's as common anymore. I have two small things to say on this. One, I'm glad you said Overton window because I only learned that word like a year and a half ago and I actually don't even remember what it means. And it's weirdly a term that people think is a political science term, but it's not. Turner, or, I do not know what that word means. I'm just a bad <laughs> political scientist. That. Doug Overton was a great- <laughs> Okay, but then I'm going to add, so Heaton, you can explain Overton window because I also can't remember, but maybe it's basically this, which is what you've just described is how political scientists think the median voter theorem should work which is to say that candidate, the median voter theorem says that the voter that has the most power in any election is the one that is in the middle and divides the electorate in half. And so really the theory says all candidates should just cater to the middle. And we don't see that when we see people like Trump or whatever. Whereas what you're describing, Heaton, is what rational thought political scientists think is going to happen. Like what we see in Vermont is what we should see everywhere, basically, Uh, according to math. I think that that would be true, except for the fact that if we have closed primaries, it's not going to happen. Uh, I, I think a combination of closed primaries and first past the polls are necess- uh, necessarily going to structurally influence candidates to be more and more whatever the party they are. Um, so, Some research because- suggests that's not true about primaries, but you're right about first past the post. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say based on my, my anecdotal observation, it seems to me that if you have um, a, a primary system where there's there's two parties that get to to nominate their person and the parties do them internally, then right. if you're running for that primary, it's never going to be of benefit to you to, to run as a centrist or a moderate. Even if you know that at the general election, you are more likely to get elected, you're not going to get the, the nomination in the process. So um, states like, say, Alaska, which recently put in ranked choice voting in combination with open primaries, I think you're going to see a lot more moderate centrist purple type candidates. Uh, so like Murkowski, who's a Republican senator, voted to remove President Trump from office. I think in part because she knows that even if she loses the backing of the Republican Party, she is still going to be in the top four candidates for governor, which means she's on it. And there's going to be enough Democrats and independents who will support her and reelect her that she can take that shot. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Phil Scott, because I do not I don't think that Vermont is an open primary system. Uh, which means that he is uh, actively disdained by the Republican Party in Vermont. And there have been attempts to kick him out of the party. And so it might well be that next time he runs, he's not able to secure that nomination, even though he is clearly wildly popular with the state as a whole. But I have a question. I mean, it's interesting if you look at the is that the, the if you look at the governors, I queued up the approval ratings of all the governors in America and the top 10 are all Republicans, which is very strange in these times. But four of the five most popular governors are people you're describing. They're Republicans in blue states. Charlie mm. uh, Baker in Massachusetts, yeah. Chris Sununu in New Hampshire, Phil Scott, Larry Hogan. and Larry Hogan. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. but none of those people can run nationally, really, right, as Republicans. They're all too liberal. Is there any certainly like, at, this, at this time? Yeah, I don't think yeah. there is a place for them. I think Romney was kind of the last example of that. And but he's maybe, more conservative probably than these guys. I mean, he's I would think so. Uh, he's also well, a Mormon I mean, in Utah. That's yeah, I mean, he was from Massachusetts, uh, so I guess you're right. Yeah, I'll say yeah. Governor yeah. Mitt Romney very oh, much sorry. fit that yeah. bill that you're talking about. Pres uh, presidential candidate Mitt Romney was much more conservative than Governor Mitt Romney was. And, and that was probably because he had to take that nomination. Yeah. What about the voters? He or, or Andrew, whoever knows this answer. But. Is it is it I would be concerned if I was the one running that if I'm in the middle, um, I'm I'm pissing off my own party and voters are so partisan now that they're not going to come across and, and support me if I'm not from their party. Heaton, do you want to? You seem delighted by this question. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, I, I, I yeah. feel this is the world of political media for sure. Like, like it, it's. I, I got to say, it's very hard uh, on the media side. It's difficult to build a business model of like, hey, I like everybody, and I'm looking to find solutions, and and like I'm kind of in. I'm a moderate. That like it's much easier to put up a bat signal of like. Uh, progressives are ruining America and we shall drink their tears and Republicans are all Nazis. And, and like that, that's such an easier way to build up an audience than than to, to attempt to appeal to people based on rationality and kindness. Yeah, uh, I think that that very Listeners much Listeners can't happens. see it, but Heaton is making some awesome gestures right now. Uh, <laughs> I feel very... <laughs> screwing in light bulbs I, with both hands about balanced media. I, I think about this a lot. And when I see like, when I see reprobates doing very well, uh, I I just I sit there drinking my scotch and glaring, going, if I would, if I could just sell out, if I could bring he, myself to do way, it, this, I could make so much more money. This is the exact the exact same things happening in comedy right now, which is really? makes me want to puke even more than it happening in politics. Which is that if you're on the super woke left side and you're you know talking to other um, Harvard grads in a Brooklyn bookstore. You can be. You can go from there. It's an independently owned Brooklyn bookstore, by the way. Mm. Just to be, of course, to be clear. Yeah, it's organic. Next week, you can have your own show on Comedy Central. There are people getting shows on Comedy Central who I've literally, who are New York comedians in quotes, who I've never heard of or seen perform anywhere. 
because they performed to the to the eight Comedy Central execs who also graduated with them from Harvard seven years ago, and now we're signing them and putting them on TV. That's one end. On the exact opposite end, you have these essentially alt right. Um, Legion of Skanks is the, that's literally the name of their podcast, and they're like the juggalos of comedy. And they and they just talk about how cancel culture is the worst, and everyone, and it even goes beyond them. They're they're not even the furthest right. There's like this compound media network, all this stuff, which is just comedians speaking about how cancel culture and ra- how racism doesn't exist, and everyone just needs to sack up, and cancel culture is you know ridiculous. Um, which to a point it is, but in the way they're talking about it, they're like, what? I can't say the N-word 37 times anymore. Like, America's got soft. Uh, and that's a way. But it's also all they seem to talk about. To, you can make a very good career doing either one of those, by the way. Mm. Either I think that one we've just made a good case for why the World's Smartest Podcast Network is so important, right? We're this solving the, the problem both in comedy and here. politics. We make a case yeah. for why we're needed. It on. Yeah, that we're but I one think you're people. the other piece of this to both Heaton and Turner's points is that usually it's so this tribalism to use a, a Heaton word, right? Um, it's so strong that you can't even be seen fraternizing with the other mm. side without getting yeah. canceled yourself. So if someone on the left goes and talks to the Legion of Skanks in the n- name of reconciliation, it's over for you, right? And you think of Republicans breaking rank. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I'll like, like full disclosure here. I, I was in New York last week and Bill Schultz, who's on Compound Media, invited me to come on his show. And I did. And I had a fun time. And it wasn't I mean, I, I didn't think it was reprobate when I was there. Uh, well, but he I couldn't find see. time to hang out with us. But no, cool, look at that. Yeah, he could go hang out with a couple of Nazis. Credit, we did try. We tried <laughs> to line that up. But we they weren't able to make it happen. Um, but I could see that, like, I could see that haunting me where like for my lights, I'm like, well, I go on Earwolf and I hang out with Nagin Farsad. And then when I'm, when I'm in New York, I'll go see Bill Schultz on compound media. And like, like I, I am. Keep I'm, name I'm dropping. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, just... yeah. Thank you. What were we don't, doing like, that day? Uh, yeah. what, what they, what they don't tend of. to do <laughs> is it, it doesn't build up a case of like, yes, this man's an equal opportunist. It, it oftentimes ends up being like, oh, well, he's, you know, clearly secretly this other right. thing. Well, I will yeah. say, he, so I'm going to name drop now. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Andrea. Oh, I was just going to say, I'll name drop and say when I did Ari Shafir's podcast a few months ago, but it only came out recently, I was very concerned that my woke left friends would be extremely mad at me for even appearing on the show. We talked about China and circus and all kinds of stuff. Did that uh, happen? And how much I wish I could say the N-word. But um, those <laughs> did that uh, it did not happen. It did and not you're... happen, but I was circumspect about who I shared it with. I, I know people who would actually get mad at me. So on Instagram, That's... I made people not be able oh to see Well, I think really? this idea... Wow. Of um, I canceled I, myself. I, get ahead I stand of the by what I said a few minutes ago, but also think this idea that your plat, this concept of platforming someone, is is ridiculous. I think you that they say you can't go on their show because now you're giving them a platform, which right. is like mm-hmm. insane. So what? So so free speech doesn't it? like so you can't even talk to someone from the other side anymore. That's over now. Or like I remember Norm Macdonald used to say that uh, the big he had this bit about how. Everyone got mad at Jimmy Fallon when he had on Donald Trump because he was humanizing Trump because he rubbed his hair. Do you remember that? God, that yeah. feels I remember gross. saw I don't Norman. Remember that. He's like, did he's like, did everyone previously think that Trump was not a human? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I if you rub a- his hair, they'll find out he's human. <laughs> I watched an SNL clip from like 2011, whenever The Apprentice was big, and someone was on impersonating Donald Trump just as the Apprentice guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, at the time, no one thought about him beyond that and it was chilling. But hang on, I'm gonna say something that unites political science, politics, 
and comedy all in one. And that is to say that one of my favorite papers is a paper that came out decades ago about how voters make choices about who to vote for. And it falls under the category of strategic voting. So I vote- Ouija boards. Ouija boards, yes. So I vote on who I like, but also who I think is going to win. And the model basically just shows, and to be fair, it's an experiment in Atlanta with like 30 people. But if it's right, it basically says that when I vote in primaries, I do prefer the person I like, but I more than that prefer the person I think will win. And so that's why we see people like Joe Biden win Mm. the Democratic nomination in an array where he's much more centrist, right? Though he is further left of Obama, whatever. He's pretty left, yeah. (laughs) And today, so the story there is even in primaries, even in closed primaries, you still like, we're not dummies and we want our person to win. So that's that. Today, I was reading an article hating on TikTok stars and why they're all boring and bland and mediocre. And it also throw, throw a bunch of comedians under the bus who are like fairly mainstream. And just says, yeah, the masses, the people that rise to the surface on social media and on these platforms are people who appeal to the broadest base and therefore are the least interesting. And so, yes, we see these extreme views and we see the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs, but the ones who actually get the power and the money and the platform and the whatever are in the middle and boring. And could, could you also say, uh, to, tie, to end it off, that if you're just competent, you can actually unite people? Because I think all these governors are actually good at their jobs. Yeah. So they actually like get. I've been done. impressed by governors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Governor uh, Hogan Phil, and with COVID and everything. So maybe, you know, yeah, I, I don't I'm not I'm not familiar with how Hogan and the other ones have done. But I, I like like if, if Phil Scott, I, I don't know how powerful the governor of Vermont is, but I'll say Vermont has handled COVID incredibly well. Yeah. Um, the the their their numbers in COVID deaths are, are lower than any of the other states that I think would be comparable, which are sparsely populated rural states. Um, so they did far better than like uh, uh, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, that kind of thing, even though they're between New York and Massachusetts, which were hotbeds. Uh, and they, they've they been able to get the majority of, of people in the state, uh, at least the first round of vaccinations, um, like they've done a good job. And, and if, if that's Phil Scott, that's probably part of it, is that um, it, it, despite being a Republican, he's actually just good at governance. And so people are going, well, OK, like he's doing a fine job. And it's not just rhetorical, rather, it's to some extent functional. Do you know who the last the least popular governor is in, without looking? Because I had the stats up. Could you guess anybody? Uh, Newsom. He's no, it's David Ige from Hawaii. I've never 32 percent <laughs> approval rating. How would we have guessed Ho- that? I How could anyone be that upset in Hawaii? Well, I so I was wondering about. But uh, <laughs> how's Cuomo doing? Cuomo is the 10th least popular. He's at 47 percent dislike. Ah, we'll so. take it. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. We'll a lot of Democrats. Let's keep going, everybody. Yeah, let's keep moving. All right. Can I can I explain the uh, Overton window real quick? Oh, nope. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you have All right, 30 you seconds. Have- Yeah. Thank you. The Overton window is the parameters of acceptable discourse and normal thought in a given argument. So uh, the Overton window in 1950 was... a, a lot of people thought that like interracial marriage shouldn't exist. Some people were okay with it. The Overton window has now shifted dramatically to where there is no debate over whether interracial marriage should be a thing or not. And you, you see this in various capacities. Like no one in, in America in any meaningful, statistically meaningful capacity doesn't think we should have public education. The Overton window is more about right now, whether it's school choice and individualized education or beefing up uh, public uh, public school models, right? So the Overton window is just that like, where, where is the, the bulk of the discourse happening and what are the parameters for it okay i accept that that's valuable i thought it was about ideas all right are you ready to talk about something different yes Yes. (laughs) all right i chose an article that has nothing to do with politics and has absolutely nothing to do with people because i'm sick of both even Mm. though that's what i deal with professionally both of those things so my article is from scientific american let me grab the actual headline it is 
Antarctic study shows how much space dust hits Earth every year. And it combines my three favorite things in the world, Antarctica, space, and complaining about dust. So dust. <laughs> I have been living in the same one bedroom apartment in Manhattan for the past 600 decades. And I've just covered in my own filth because I'm over cleaning it. And now having read that article, I know that one quarter of it is from Jupiter. So look at that. This study, well, Jupiter. let me, so first of all, let me also say that this is the world's smartest podcast network. And I did some research on this, but I am not a scientist of anything other than humans. And so I'm going to botch a lot of this, but it actually is not quite Jupiter. It's the Jupiter comet family or something like that. So it's a bunch mm. of comets that circle Jupiter. I was about to call yeah, you on we, that. We knew that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, before we get the hate mail, I want to be clear that it's, uh, there's some really, really old like 1990s websites that clarified this for me. And uh, it's, it's so if you're circling Jupiter, even rather loosely, those Geo are the ones cities. that are most the likely. The 1990s, they understood this even then? <laughs> it's, a, it's a go daddy's little, uh, and, and there's a dancing baby that, that stands in for Jupiter. It's pretty great. So the way they studied this was very cool. So it's hard to, we all think space dust is hitting the, I'm going to say the US, uh, the Earth a whole bunch, but it's very hard to tell what's space dust and what's not because there's a lot of other dust on Earth. So if you go to places like Greenland and Antarctica, you can get a much cleaner sample that has been mm. less touched by humans. And Antarctica is the best of the best. So another reason I like this study is that it started more than 20 years ago when scientists were like, we need to create this pristine area and start tracking this. And so they just set up something on the South Pole and every year would go and take a little sample and put it in some other thing. And there was like human contamination for a while, but they figured that out. And basically were eventually able to distill the pieces that were space dust. They come in different shapes and all kinds of things. And it turns out it's a ton and we're covered in space dust all the time. Okay, so wait, how how much, because it's my understanding, like I, 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 I've been reading the, the Human Body by Bill Bryson. And it's my understanding. <laughs> you always have to the, bring it back to humans, Heaton. Come on. Right. The, most of most of the dust in our house is us. Yes, so disgusting. A, a, the, every like, yeah, you at home. It's feel I'm great filled with my this. own crap. It's horrible. Yeah, like like yeah. so. So every year, the human body is just constant. Like you're shedding like a million skin cells a minute, and and it it ends up being about a pound per year. So when you're dusting your house, you're dusting you, uh, which honestly makes me feel much better about death in general because I've always kind of found it creepy to like decompose. But I'm like, I've already been doing it. I'm yeah. already, I've already I've already converted 37 pounds of heat and into dust. It's already happened. It's now just, I'm, I'm going to think it. about that the next time I dust, which is never. Yeah. But I'll think about but, it. But, so, but like, is a lot of it also cosmic dust, or does the so so cosmic dust rains everywhere? It's just that we collect it in Greenland because That's it's right. easier to find. But it, but it's Green everywhere. Like there's cosmic dust in our lawns and stuff. That's right, though it does vary depending on activity in the solar system. So like more asteroids or more comets or more whatever can cause it to come in different. So one of the caveats around this study is like, this is one tiny sample. We expect that it's around the entire Earth, but it does vary depending on like things, you know, it, we're getting into astrology territory, but it depends on where all the planets are and what else is happening. Which we so all we agree affects everyone's team. personalities. Yeah. Can we get a cleaning team to meet it at its source? <laughs> and get up to Jupiter and do some, maybe <laughs> put right. a tarp around it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something What's that the, keeps um, the dust out. I mean, Elon Musk, that should be well, step we, one. Where we could have space Roombas. Yeah. Why are we sending rovers to Mars to study the dust there to see if there's forms of life? If we could just study the dust here. That's true. Sa save yeah. a lot of money and time and everything. We I found think it. There's life. Found yeah. life. life all over Antarctica. Yeah. Good job, Apparently everybody. the dust from space is a lot rounder than oh. Earth dust. And oh. I was very excited that that meant something profound. But all it means is that when it comes through the Earth's atmosphere, it gets like burned in a weird way. 
So, hmm. but that's how you so can tell it's space if they dust can, if it's super round. If they can tell the dust comes from humans, can they tell the dust comes from aliens? That, that's what I'm getting at. Can we figure Interesting. that out? Interesting. Like, oh, these are obviously alien yeah. skin cells and alien mm. hairs and, you know, mixed up with this dust. Yeah. If, yeah. Like if the dust <laughs> is green. Right. Right. Glowing. You know, There's a green yeah. man out there. I don't know if they could do that, but, but there, there is a theory yeah. that life might have originated on Mars and hitched a ride via meteorites to Earth. So while, while as Andrew mm. pointed out, most of the, yeah. the dust that rays down on us is from Jupiter and the co- comets around Jupiter. Every year, there's still a fair amount of meteorites that play ping pong between right. the Earth and Mars. And so it's possible that like, if we did find life on Mars um, it, it, or, or fossilized evidence of it, it may not actually mean anything about how likely the origina- origination of life is in the universe, because it's entirely possible that our life started there or vice versa. And, and I interviewed- uh, So really, Robert. we're looking for our ancestors. Yeah, we could be. Uh, I, I interviewed Robert Zubrin, who is like my pick to head NASA. I think he's a brilliant guy. He's, he's, <laughs> you have a pick? Do they I'll take talk your about advice my pick on this? In a second. Like, yeah. did you write a rec- letter of recommendation for I would absolutely, a hundred percent write a, a, a letter a for Robert bracket? Zubrin. A NASA leader madness bracket. They're like endorsed by Heaton and the teachers union. For oh, big upset! Yeah, right, the second yeah. round. Right now, the, the, the Robert Zubrin for head of NASA super PAC just yes. popped a champagne cork. There's a whole uh, room the, at the Bellagio in Las Vegas where there's Heaton and all his cohorts watching yeah. this tournament, drinking beer. I'll hang out when I get my gambling. divorce. But he, he, he's, a, uh, he, he's, he's a, a great scientist, and he, he wrote a book called The Case for Mars and The Case for Space, and he goes through all this policy of how we could get to Mars. We could actually do it on the current NASA budget. We wouldn't even need to increase it. He, he's a, a really fascinating guy. I interviewed him on Alienating the Audience, my sci-fi podcast, uh, a few months ago, and he was talking about this. And One of the other things that I, that I had never thought about but I thought was really interesting is uh, if you look at the galaxy, it kind, of, it kind of looks like a record where it's spinning, right? Like there's all these stars, and it's in a big disk. They're not spinning at the same speed, though. They're, right. they're spinning at different speeds. And so the, the asteroid that hit the Earth, that killed the dinosaurs, however long that was, 340 million years ago. If you believe the dust the dinosaurs. that, that bellowed out from that explosion has now gone all the way around the galaxy. There's dust from Earth just, just everywhere. There's dinosaur which means dust. That dinosaur dust, yes. And if, if there are bits of life that were able to cling to it, it means that the Earth might have like pollinated planets mm. throughout the galaxy. It's, it's an impossible that that has happened to us in turn and that there, there might be one or two origins of life that have just sneezed cool. life everywhere when they got hit by meteors. So, so does this mean that by wearing masks, we're limiting the ability of humans oh. to end up yes. surviving in other planets? Another it, reason it is, it is a face that. condom which stops the colonization of other worlds. Yeah, you know, my, well, my that's kid the end just, of our species. My kid just wrote a paper. He had a science fair project and he had to write about Mars and a whole thing. And I really, I'm, he's asking me questions. I'm such a dummy. I, I should have put him on the phone with Dr. Heaton over here because <laughs> I left Turner knows this, but I left him to go walk the dog while he was doing his paper. And he comes back and he's all excited and he has all these images he's put on of pictures of aliens that he found off the internet. And he's like, there's life in Mars. Like he found the National Enquirer or something. Oh, and he, and I was like, I got to tell him, no, no, you can't hand that in, kid. I don't think. But you're telling me maybe maybe there was life in Mars. Kaplan's kid's 16. <laughs> 16. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. So uh, you got you can't let kids on the internet too, without monitoring them is the lesson. But uh, Kaplan, uh, what's our last story here? Yeah. Speaking of me, let's end it with this. Uh, you know, I, um, I'm i very concerned over here. I live in Queens. We have a lot of crime in the neighborhood. We, we, we My neighborhood, we're trying to start a security force. Uh, we, we're trying to hire private security. Uh, we're raising They call money it right cap now. water, by the way. We call it yeah, cap water. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've got some neighbors. I call them the Entapac. They're lovable neighbors. They're always complaining, and they're trying to hire security. And we're not raising enough money. Frankly, it hasn't been dangerous enough lately. 
So I see this. Do we story. need to share out a Kickstarter link or what? We might have to share out the link. Right. Yes. But I see this story on Vice that came out today that says leaked emails show crime app Citizen is testing an on-demand security force. So I don't know. Are you guys all familiar with Citizen? No, uh, I am not. I, I know the concept of private security forces. I don't know this one in particular. Oh, so Citizen's an app that actually it's it like if there's like a crime in the neighborhood, it it's like it just tells you like shots fired on 47th and 11th. Like, and then you're okay. like, if you live nearby, you're like, holy shit, there's f- shots fired. Oh, so it's a great. God. Yes. OK. Yeah. It's yeah. Not yeah. Very Isn't real, this it's not, just local news. Or am it's I local, years old? Well, it's like a local, local police news almost. So it's, it's like not, alerts on your phone, though. Oh, so you'll be walking water. around and you'll get an alert that says, like, man with sword spotted on Fifth Street. Yeah, right. and, it, and it, it'll show, like, sometimes people take video and they upload it, like, someone shooting off fireworks or someone getting mugged or something. And it's like, and it just makes people, like, go nuts because it's like all this danger you didn't know used to exist in your neighborhood, now you know about. So it's like people are up. So especially, Dave, yeah, if you're in New York or somewhere. If you're in a big city, especially, yeah. So they are geniuses to capitalize, to make, to monetize this further. Apparently, they're planned the whole time. Like the same way Uber introduced Uber, and then, but the real plan was to have self-driving cars and not to have taxi drivers anymore. Apparently, their whole plan this whole time was to, you basically, you, you panic, you see this crime in your neighborhood, you hit a button, and a private, your Blackwater comes by. They have like a private security forces they're going to put you in touch with. So it's like they're going to like 19.99 a month and you can get someone to walk you home at night if you're feeling like it's in a dangerous part of town. Immediately uh, which, my thought was those people will murder us. That, but, yeah, what, yeah, so that's the first thought is do you like what could go wrong? This seems like one of those things that is not really well thought out that could really Well, my first thought is now we know who's behind defund the police. I was right. just thinking that. Right, citizen. I, I was exactly. like, yeah, like what, if, yeah. Yeah, do we, we don't want police anymore. This is what's going to happen, gang. Just is privatize it, like, if you, it. If, yeah, if you don't want, like, this is this is one of the reasons that, like, my some, some of my, like, very statist, very progressive friends would, like, try, like I don't even think we should have police. And I'm like, ain't going to libertarian me. Like, I like, like okay, I guess we'll come up with a private app. Uh, you, you're not yeah, isn't this just here. a digital mafia, basically? <laughs> you want to hire goons. Digital yeah. goons to back you goons. up. I could have yeah, used yeah. this in high school when I was getting picked on. I'd be like, Hit the I app, think come on over. <laughs> in in any time anybody's using violence, of course there's there's the capacity for things to go awry. So absolutely this could turn out to be horrible. But to me, this is just democratizing what what celebrities and movie stars already have access to, which is right. Rich people have gated communities. You yeah. know, that's you, true. This, this, this is this is just like the equivalent of having that's mall true. cops or having a yeah, a private neighborhood task force or, or a bodyguard, well, except you can idea, get it on an app. I mean, this is everything we were saying six months ago now playing out. Which what we were saying six months ago, when everyone said defund the police, we uh, defund the police means de- really all it means is there'll be no police in poor neighborhoods. Rich people will all get rich and middle class people will all get private security in one way or the other. And then there just won't be cops in the places that need it most. And now this is what this is. This is it playing out in, in real time. Yeah. And they actually mentioned this article that the LAPD likes this article because they basically say there's all sorts of property crime going on in L.A. that the cops, quote, just don't have time to deal with. So they want they, they're like farming out this stuff to the to the app. They're just trusting. And uh, by the way, the they've thing- done this before, Kaplan, because in the 90s, my grandmother, uh, Katie Midkiff, was a volunteer cop in northern wow. California. <laughs> and they Katie called it. Beat. It was the star program. It was seniors. Whatever on patrol, whatever it like stood for, it was an acronym <laughs> that was Sounds senior terrifying. citizens driving yeah. around and checking graffiti and like going to crosswalks and helping other old grandmas cross the street. And they were they said they were the eyes and the ears of the local police force. That's what she always said. 
Wow. Well, it's reminding me of, you know, neighborhood watches growing up where basically all it was was there was a sign that said this community is protected by neighborhood watch, which I think just means there's a phone tree when you call. And so basically it was a non pre smartphone version of nosy neighbors. There's there's a phenomenal version of this already at work in Detroit. Um, I I did a a kind of miniature travel series about five years ago where I met entrepreneurs around the country. And the one that I met in Detroit is a guy named Dale Brown. And he started a private security task force called, uh, I think it's it's like Detroit Threat Management, I believe is the name of it. Nice. And I went out there expecting to find like uh, a pot-bellied neckbeard with a gun that was like, you know, having like a, a pay-to-play militia. And I ended up finding this great guy who is emphatic about violence de-escalation. He, his force doesn't use guns because they think it's going to exacerbate things. So they're not they're not armed with guns. And what they do is just try to keep things from getting out of hand. Uh, and uh, they've, I think, done a, a great job. And, and like, if I were in Detroit, I would absolutely pay for their service because they are patrolling these neighborhoods. They are able to go over there, but but they can kind of keep things from going really poorly. And then the cops come in if and when that violence breaks out. But their job is to try and keep that from ever happening. That's so what to we be hiring the... in our neighborhood. To be just to, like we're hiring people who don't have guns who you can de-escalate. Yeah, Capra right. hired. All we, last we summer, hired, they had a private security force. We did hire him. We're trying to get people. People want. It. We're trying to get them back. But that's exactly what they do. They they, they de-escalate. They don't have weapons. They're good at. And then if they can't handle it, then the, and the police know like, oh, if they can't handle it, we better get down there. Well, as the the token spokesperson for the left here, my sense of the defund the police movement was largely or is not about getting rid of cops, but replacing them with people from the community who are not where, with guns and things like that. So that sounds a lot like what you're actually describing, which is we, yeah, we want people there. We just want people who aren't going to. We want less trained later. people. Well, yeah, you, think, the app, you yeah. think on the app you can choose like this rating the way like Uber drivers are rated where you could be like, well, these guys will be here fast. But they have a what if it's like one. the James Bond video where you see what kind of gun or weapon they're going to yes, show up with? Pick, you can pick their weapon. That they're gonna or or there's like a sliding scale for how violent they are. Yeah. And, and like you, can you anyone pick that? answer me this, though? For the people who are saying I've, I've heard that argument that, well, we, we want to get rid of the police and replace them with community watchdogs or whatever. Is it? Yeah. But those that's exactly what Karen's are. <laughs> so you want to get rid of real cops and bring in Karens? That doesn't seem like a better solution to me. I mean, we got to get more white women back into the workplace after this pandemic. So this <laughs> might be the solution that we all have been looking for. I, I got the Maybe impression that there were two like mutually exclusive versions of defund the police because they're, they were like group group AI would talk to. I'm like, defund the police. That sounds crazy. And they're like, well, we're not actually for defunding them. What we're for doing is offloading certain tasks the police yeah, currently right, do. Right. They just like, uh, and then, and then, and then we're like, not going to change the name. We're, we're going to keep yeah. the same name just we're to confuse to the you. Name. Exactly. Right. And, and I was I was like, well, I'm fine with that. Like if, if they're going like, look, cops shouldn't be dealing with like mental health issues. They're like, like right. you know, they shouldn't be dealing with. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me that you're, we're going to have specialists and social workers and things deal with things like that. But then there was another group that was like, no, we just wanted to fund right. the police. Like we, we 100 percent just want like to abolitionist. The yeah. Yeah. And I was like, OK, so that that bit's like a like a, a different thing. It, 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 it was such a catchy hashtag that it just kind of proliferated. Well, That's and then there happened. was a whole backlash hashtag about how white people were policing the language around defund the police because we were saying, well, defund fund is confusing and then that became a whole thing the key takeaway here is that, <laughs> I didn't even hear that part. Yeah. the the four of us weighing in on this is is what the country needs i think uh <laughs> well no i experienced this last summer because we had situations where there were actual crimes taking place outside like someone got shot on my corner for instance and murdered wow and stuff but people would say you shouldn't call the police in general like it was like they right. the, some of these people who are so into mm. the literature were like just calling the police is going to lead to something bad happening and don't do it 
Unless, like, it was like, well, I don't think that's really the goal. The goal is better police, more responsible police behavior, yes, but never calling the police if ever seems like... Can I, can I sum... Can I sum up the whole uh, push and yep. pull that the left is experiencing within itself right now in one quick story? I went to we a punk rock concert at uh, <laughs> the Lower East Side of Manhattan maybe three weeks ago, and there was a couple there holding hands, and the and they were these like this punk uh, couple, white people, probably thirty years old. The boyfriend had a shirt on that said "Never Call the Police Ever," and then the girlfriend had a shirt on that said "Vote." <laughs> that's and very good this sums up the left and the you can problem one or the other yeah yeah you can't i don't think but one's the we got the hillary side versus the aoc side yep. <laughs> right? yeah i'm surprised they're even speaking to each other that's the uh their overton window is complicated totally mm. and yeah. then the band on stage because they were old punk rockers from like the 80s they were all firemen now Oh yeah, do we hate firemen too? I don't know. I yeah. think by proxy, extremely popular. Firemen yeah. supported Trump, so yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's oh, right. Never mind. See, I this is why I not liked it anymore. I didn't know that. Yeah. We all we need s- to get on space dust and get out of here. There we go. It's a mess. Should that, is that, that it? it? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think so. An- Andrea slyly called for all of us to do cocaine, which we're going to do separately to kick off our Fridays. Yeah, not so <laughs> sly, but I've been doing it this whole time. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, that, that was delightful. Uh, uh, Andrea, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at Jonesroy, J-O-N-E-S-R-O-O-Y on Twitter and Instagram. And one day soon, I'll have a revised podcast out there in the world. So stay tuned for that. Very excited for that. Yes. And uh, Michael Kaplan and Turner Sparks, the name of your program again. Go for it, Cap. Our name, our program is called Lost in America. And you can find, uh, you can follow, you can find me at Cap in America, K-A-P, Cap in America. And then Lost in America is, uh, it's everywhere. It's on YouTube though. See us on YouTube, subscribe. And uh, of course, on iTunes, leave us reviews. If you listen to us, please, we like we would like some nice reviews. Correct. Please give us a review. Yeah. And this is our episode for this week because we were supposed to have a guy on. Won't say who he was, but we'll just say a comedian, a comedian in a war zone. And uh, we think he lied to us about why he couldn't do the podcast. He told us he had a car accident. We'll say that. And then within like and he said he was in the emergency room. And the next day he's posting Instagram stories of him driving around town and at the gym. So his at car the gym, looked like fine, eight his hours body later. Fine. Like, his body looked great in the gym. He was working out, and his car looked great driving around. We'd already started. A, we'd already started a GoFundMe. We had prayers up for prayers were up. All I, these people were writing in. Oh my God! Hope he's we okay. We felt like he'd be callous to ask for another guest. To like, I'm like, we can't replace him. It'd be weird. He's he's in the hospital. If we just yeah. record with a different guest, wow. so we just didn't do a pod this week. Also, we, if you're apart. living in a war zone, why would you have an excuse other and you're going to lie about cancer? Right. Why would you not just sorry? Use there's the a guys? war. It's very the war outside. It's very yeah. badly outside. Yeah, yeah my war app today. says it's high today. So isn't that the genius of it, though? He went with the car accident. Emergency yeah, Kaplan respects said. that. I kind of respect. No way. I, I, I think David Letterman's being honest, and I, I hope you're able to get him. <laughs> yeah. eventually. Uh, on, on my end, I'm Andrew Heaton, the host of the political orphanage. And for anybody new to the program or on Twitter and Michael, uh, Mike's program, uh, the political orphanage designed for people that are tired of the left versus right blue versus red thing of which I am the, uh, the miniature patron saint. And so invite you to come hang out with us. Cool, nuanced kids. The purpling patron saint. That's right. Yes. It's a great title. Overton. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Window, window, (laughs) window, whatever. Overton window, everyone. Have a good weekend.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every Every time you buy gas, use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.